Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. My name is Jason. I'm originally from California, and now I'm living in beautiful Wuhan, China. Today with me is Bebe. Yes, hi, this is Bebe from Beijing. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. How are you, Jason? I'm wonderful. How is your daughter? Um, She's good. Sometimes she comes in when we are um, on the show and I have like, you know, frantically wave her out. <laughs> she just doesn't get it. Well, I got a question related to today's topic. When she was a little girl, because she's a little bit older now, when she was like three or four, mm. you at home taking care of her? Uh, Yeah, yeah. It's I guess it's not the norm, but um, for... Various reasons, like work was uh, a bit stressful at that mm, time, um, mm. and I had to talk a lot. And for that period of time, when she was like two, um, yeah, two or two and a half, um, workload kind of just like exploded. Mm. And so I was having trouble with my voice. I was using it way too much. Mm. And as you can notice, like when I talk, I kind of like give it a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I give a lot mm-hmm. of energy. I'm not calm that way. Mm. Um, so that was very stressful for my vocal cords or muscles, mm. you know. Mm. And then at that time, she was, you know, she was so cute. Two or three year olds. They're, they're so cute. And they were like <laughs> growing up fast. So I was like, you know, I, I should spend more time with her. Today we want to talk about childcare centers, so how they may not be able to stay open, and how childcare is becoming a crisis in many countries around the world. Oh, so we're talking about like serious stuff. And well, yeah, it can be serious for yeah. a lot of people. I guess it is serious. It is. Oh, Jason, yeah. it is. It is <laughs> child centers. I think it's 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 such a huge part of um, young parents' lives, mm. and it has such an impact. Like for people who don't have kids or whose kids are grown, like it doesn't impact them at all. So, but for the mm. the part of the population who are going through this when their kids are like you know under uh, like six or under, it is it's like the biggest thing, you know. Mm. And who mm. should take care of your child if that's not sorted out? Yeah, it, you can't talk about anything else mm-hmm. and i know you can't do, you can't anything. do exactly. anything and these days you know both in the states and in china for most families both parents have to work right simply to yeah. to yeah. literally make ends meet because housing is so expensive mm. especially if you're in big cities like if you're in like countries the countryside or uh, small towns it's less of an issue um but a lot of people they want to live in big cities right it's mm-hmm. like their dream mm-hmm. destinations uh, to yeah. live in new york to live in beijing shanghai but it comes with price tags, huge price mm-hmm. tags. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I've read in articles that a lot of the child care centers, they can't afford to stay open in- anymore. Is that the mm-hmm. what you wanted to uh, talk about? Yeah, this, about? this is an article. Uh, it's by CNN. It is this month. It is July. It says child care centers can't afford to stay open. Here's what it means for families. Mm-hmm. Here's what this means for families. And it talks about one child daycare center in particular at the beginning of the article in Baltimore called Kids 
stuff with a Z. Hmm. They've had to raise their price three times in one year for a total of 40% increase over the previous year. And now families can't afford to bring their kids there. Mm. And the school can't afford to pay their staff. And they hate telling parents that the cost is going up because that's not what they want to. That's not the kind of service they want to provide. Mm. But it's just there are apparently about 10 to 15% total less people in the daycare field now than pre-pandemic. So the mm. so everything's upside down. I'm not too sure how things were um, or still still are when it comes to childcare. Um, like back in the States, were childcare centers closed for periods of time just completely? Did you, do you know anything about it? Yes, they were not essential. Everyone was home. They were not making money. All these, the, the kids were home, the parents were home. Hmm. But now in the United States specifically, they're starting to uh, get shots available, vaccines hmm. for children. And so even more kids are going to be coming back into these institutions now. Okay, but some centers, I, I suppose, didn't really survive. Absolutely. Right? throughout the pandemic. I mean, also here in China, I worked for an educational institution that had to fold due to being closed for a year and a half. Yeah, A year and a half? Why was it closed for so long? Well, you know, it's actually really complicated. They were not under the Education Bureau. They were under a different bureau. Hmm. And so it was it was more complicated to turn them back on. So getting all the legalities taken care of just kept dragging on and on and on. Oh, because I remember... Uh, my daughter was mm. like the second year of kindergarten. Um, the kindergarten closed for, I think, was it mm. three months mm. or a little bit more when things uh, at that time, when things were, you know, just hit and nobody really knew what was going on. I don't think the virus was ever here, mm. uh, but at that time, nobody knew. So it was closed down temporarily. And I remember the kindergarten, um, they you know quickly shifted to other lines of business. Like they started providing breakfast services mm. because they had a... They, because they had a cook and uh, the cook usually cooked for all the kids and the staff ah. um, and they make uh, pretty nice uh, like Chinese buns and other delicacies, you know, for breakfast. So items. they were doing home delivery. Yeah, well, you you can go to collect or they deliver. The teachers were delivered. Wow. That was only I remember it was like the, you know, hottest days uh, in the summer. And we had this creative thinking. Yeah, we had this like uh, WeChat group for all the students, for all the kids in the kindergarten and parents. And they were like, okay, we're going to, you know, keep our cook and we were going to offer breakfast item services and also some uh, organic vegetables because that's where they sourced our vegetables Mm. and other items uh, like during normal times. So they had a little side business going. I don't think they made like a lot of money from it, but at least they kept um, their staff. Right. And staff. um, And also they turned very quickly to online courses. So I remember I uh, paid for a online math course for my daughter and it was taught by one of her own teachers. So she's, you know, familiar with her and it was very nice. It was very good. Mm. Um, And then I think things went back to normal in September, you know, when it was uh, the normal time of school opening. And then it lasted for a long time. And then for short periods of time, um, you know, whenever there was an outburst, uh, maybe near or, you know, cases near mm-hmm. us or mm-hmm. somewhere in Beijing. And then it shuts down for a bit. Um, and then, you know, she was like in and out uh, for the next year and a half. Mm. So um, it wasn't like completely shut down for long periods of time. But I don't know if and they and, like once we had uh, the a few kindergarten that around us, they all survived and things are, you know, have been back to normal. 
So, you know, maybe it's more volatile back in the States with, I don't know, because of uh, different COVID policies. specify as much, but I think it's not entirely related to the pandemic itself because a lot of people have different opinions about where inflation is coming from and seems to be coming from more than one source. Mm. That's part of the issue, according to this article, that inflation is causing tuition to go up and it's hard to keep staff on hand. And so some some more of the article, there's a place called Hmm. Beach Babies Child Care in Delaware, and they've also had to increase Mm. their tuition to 8 to 10%. Uh, this fall, or I guess this last fall, and mm. teacher salaries have reached $14 per hour, which is about double, you know, uh, minimum wage. Mm. So it's difficult to keep new staff on. Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the staff members mentioned that these children need teachers who do love what they do. So they're right. trying to keep on relevant, like good staff, not just like. So they don't go crazy. Right. Well, there's that. <laughs> <Seriously>? There's definitely. <laughs> I don't know how many kids we're talking about per teacher, but yeah. Mm. Someone who has a lot of teaching experience. If you don't have support there, mm-hmm. you can feel like you're losing your mind when, you know. And compassion. 20, 30 kids crawling everywhere, screaming. And then like, you know, like they're Jason, he took my toy. <laughs> I know. I, oh my gosh. I mean, like I have a lot of love, but I can't do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like one is about all that I can handle and doing that for eight hours a day. And it should be, it should be a profession that uh, should be nicely compensated because it's a, it's such a dream. You want qualified <sighs> people. Do you want people who have not just like somebody, mm. right? You want someone who has some experience. You want people who have relevant qualifications, maybe kind of a teaching background or some, right. some relevant kind of experience or education, because you don't just want someone showing up right. and hanging out with your kid all day. You want someone showing up who's going to help your child grow and progress and like become more creative and yeah, learn to interact with others well. Someone mentally and emotionally stable. Yeah, yeah. Um, let, let's talk about the prices a little bit because um, mm. I, I think our listeners in both the US and in China would like to know about, you know, the pricing of childcare. The, so in China, we have public ones, like public mm-hmm. A nursery or a kindergarten, whatever you call it. And they are, mm. I think they're much cheaper. Let's say the ones I heard, they were about over a little over a thousand quai RMB. So that's what, like $200 per month? month? Yeah, which is for for a month. month. Yes, that's like public ones. Wow. Okay. So in this same article, they say $370 per week in San Diego. Yeah, but that's that's not public ones, right? So much. Yeah. Well, there's not a lot of public ones. Yeah. I was going to ask, like, are there public daycare centers? Some states provide early childhood education services for certain amounts of time throughout the day, Mm. but the federal government does not yet. But they've been debating that this may be that this should be something they do. But this was before, like, Mm -hmm. you know, 10 terrible political events happened in a row in America recently. Yeah. I know. So, I mean, like, who talks about childcare now? Yeah. That was, was, yeah, exactly. People were talking about childcare like six months ago they were like this is something we want to do and now no one talks about childcare because there are so many uh, yeah there's so many other things that have happened since then but anyhow so there are public ones but i think spots are more limited uh i don't think it like Mm. not all the kids can get to it and also Uh, some parents they feel like they want their kids to get something different you know they want um more room or uh more staff members and also Mm. more like gentle manners (laughs) i don't 
know. Um, mm. And maybe they even want like uh, foreign teachers teaching English. Mm. Um, so prices for kindergarten can go up to over like ten thousand RMB. Mm. That's what that's per like month. over two thousand dollars if you want. Mm. So it's a huge range, mm. and I, I've known people who pay like over a thousand dollars here. Um, you, you know, for for their kindergarten, yeah, for like very uh, high end kindergarten. Yeah, I mean, if you go to like uh downtown Beijing, mm. I bet the prices can go up to like over two thousand mm. dollars. And then there are like all these probably privileged private school. I don't even care to ask. So the one I chose for my daughter mm-hmm. is was literally the closest one. <laughs> it's like <laughs> three minutes from home. That's what mm. they say, you know, when before you um when you before your kid go to kindergarten, mm. you search the land high and low for you know the the most the suitable place, mm. you know, the most mm. ideal mm. kindergarten. And then after all the research, most people end up with the closest one. Wow. And I think it makes sense because every it's every day and they don't stay in there for too long. It's like, you know, you go uh, eight in the morning and and then they're out by like four thirty or five. Mm-hmm. And in my case, sometimes I, you know, send her in, send her in a little bit later, especially when she was not feeling mm-hmm. well. So it, it's not like you know, um, uh, you get you don't want to spend a lot of time just sending them there and picking them up. And the one I was gonna say, the one I sent her to was about like average price for private kindergarten in Beijing. It was like a little over four thousand RMB. And that's including meals and other things. Right, right, so, right, right. I mean, it's okay. Four thousand is like what, what, five or six hundred dollars? Yeah, ish. I mean, it's yeah. okay for most families here in Beijing. Um, nothing fancy. Well, so. I think actually that's pretty expensive for a lot of Americans. Really quickly, in the same article, before we move on, um, mm. it was talking about women, and I think this is, you know, a lot of men choose to stay home increasingly, but you know, not as much as we might think. Mm. Apparently, women's jobs made up. This is from directly from the article. Quote, women's jobs made up 88% of those lost in the pandemic, according to the Labor Department. Mm. So I think that kind of sad. It's almost like we had a little bit of a setback in the United States in terms of gender equality, because now a lot of women are staying home uh, now to take care Mm -hmm. of their children. Increasingly, instead of being Mm. able to outsource that job to someone and then pursue their career, if they chose to say not all women Mm want to do that. Not Mm -hmm. all people want to stay home with their children, but some people have you know, careers that that matter right. to them to the point where they feel like they need to go and pursue that career. I personally, if my wife became very wealthy, I'd be very happy to stay. Home. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, let's hope that happens. Um, but yeah. you, you can still get to do your shows and everything at home, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. You're on a show right now, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah.
Dunhuang. Situated along the ancient Silk Road, where fine arts and divine beliefs merged with the natural world. It's where the East and West interacted and where the world's largest Buddhist art gallery still fascinates and amazes people today. A place where stories of life and death, love and hatred, passion and desire, faith and sacrifice have been generated and told for 2,000 years. Dunhuang, a place born in legends. Buckle up for our new podcast, Why We Love Dunhuang, the one and only podcast that can take you to the fantasy world of Dunhuang and beyond through our audio tour. Listen and subscribe to the Why We Love Dunhuang podcast for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major podcast platforms. Why We Love Dunhuang? You will have your answers. You're listening to The Bridge. I have this chart um, right in front of me. It says work absences ballooned during the pandemic Mm. and kids had to stay home. Almost all of it fell to women. Mm. Um, And then the figures show that, let's say the previous uh, year, 2019, Mm -hmm. maybe over, uh, let's say, Mm. 25,000 work absences. And then... In 2020, it ballooned to 55,500. Wow. And most of them are are women. Well, it's, uh, what can you do, Mm. right? You have no choice when, if you need someone to take care of Mm. your child. And I was, um, I was thinking about what to do because we can sit here and like complain about this. Um, and there will still be no solution. Well, you know, I was thinking about like, what has changed that I don't understand? Because when I was a little boy, my, my, my mother and father, they had four sons wow. and I'm the third and I have a younger brother mm. and they, they outsourced daycare part because my mom was home. She was one of the first remote workers. She worked for my dad's business. Mm. My dad and her kind of built the business together and she did all of the paperwork side of things, taxes and mm. filling out forms and all this stuff. And my father would go out into the field mm-hmm. and so she was busy at home and watching four kids and doing that is is not really workable. Uh, yeah. She outsourced me and my little brother to my grandmother. Oh. And I remember spending like years where it was just Monday or sorry, Friday, Saturday and Sunday after I got off, off school, just at grandma's house, at grandma's house, at grandma's house, at grandma's house, mm. week after week. And in the summer, sometimes I'd just be there for a month. <laughs> And like, I'm, uh, I know that in China, this is a thing, right. like one or the other mother-in-laws, depending on whose family has, you know, someone who wants to, or, mm. or is available will oftentimes either the children will go to their house or grandma or grandpa will move in with the mom and dad to look after the children. Is it, am I right? Am I right about this? I don't think we even think of it as rescue. I mean, it's part of the culture. <laughs> Um, and like when you said outsourced, I was like, huh? Outsourced? What does that mean? Like, so you just met like, you know, your grandma helped out. Um, and that's yeah. what we think of, right? Grandparents coming over. And, but the, in most cases is, um, the grandparents, either one of them or like say grandma from one side mm. or both like the, the couple grandparents, they mm, come mm, over mm, mm. and they live with their daughter or son to take care of their grandchildren. It's, it's like, you know, normal. And mostly they do it for at least the first three years. Mm. Like no one here in China 
um, think of pretty much no one. Okay. Think of actually sending their kids to any kind of nursery or daycare center before they're three years old. Mm. And I know that um, nowadays there are daycare centers for babies. Mm, mm. Like I remember checking some uh, a few daycare centers out back in the states. Where there are mm. no parents there, it's not just like helping mommy the baby swimming class. You mean mommy and daddy leave their baby with someone and leave? Like in the daycare center, yeah. Because when you think of wow. like daycare center, you think of um, kids at least three years old, right? Like kindergarten. Yeah, to two or three. Two three, or three, yeah. Yeah, three to six. But nowadays with more women, I'm talking about the Un- United States, not here in China. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no, no. Like, we would not do that. Um, but I've, uh, because I visited a few daycare centers uh, when, my, yeah. um, when I was in the States. And I saw, mm. for example, the one I went to, um, I saw this room like with glass walls. Uh, and the tiny room had like, what, four, five babies? They were like a few months mm. old. And then there were two caregivers uh, feeding, bottle feeding them. And they were just like kind of lying there and uh, they were quite a little while. They were probably changed their diapers, but there were, <laughs> there was not as much interaction. Um, it was just mostly feeding and literally mm. just taking care of them. But like babies need a lot more, yeah, you yeah, know, they, yeah. they, they first come into the world. They, that's when they start learning. connecting to other people and learning their brain development and all. And also just the emotional bond um, they form with their caretaker. That's mm. how they build their sense of security. Mm. You know, like if there's one stable person who offers, um, who who's accountable yeah. for responding to the baby's needs, mm. then the baby you know, will grow up, you know, insecurity. That's yeah. what security means for them. When they cry out for help, somebody comes over yeah. um, and whisper to them, you know, saying nice words. So one time I remember um, a friend was asking me about like daycare center or childcare yeah. in, in China. Mm. And somehow she was asking about like when kids were really little, like when they're a few months, because she started sending her daughter to a daycare center when her daughter was only what, like three months old. Wow. And then she's just, she wanted to go back to work well she had to go back to work mm. and then she sent a, you know her daughter to a daycare center and i was so shocked that i i, I literally didn't know how to how to how to respond because in china <laughs> it was like we would never do that mm. <laughs> you have six months it used to be five but it's now six months on maternity leave so you wouldn't even have to because china has the advantage that mom can stay home and be fully paid for mm. six months before mommy has to, has to return. I don't know how long for different workplace probably have different mm. policies, but at least three or four months, uh, maybe even six or longer. It depends. But there is a period of time where mom gets to stay home. And so nowadays, there are more families who hire help, yeah, right? Yeah. Like nannies. Well, I have a friend. <laughs> I, have a, that ex- I, have, I have a co-worker who does that. So we take a break in lunchtime from about noon to two. And one of my co-workers who is a new mom and her baby is about six months mm. she's just on her phone watching her <laughs> nanny take care of the baby she's from an she's she's a she's a lawai a foreigner living here mm. in china mm. she doesn't have a grandma or something Aww. to take care so right. uh she's hired uh a, an ai mm-hmm. you know an auntie i, an I don't nanny. know how old whole, yeah a nanny to mm. come over and take care of her baby every day while she's at work which financially makes a lot of sense because she makes four or five times more than she 
she pays her IE. Oh, good. So yes. on, on lunchtime, she's just staring at her phone with her <laughs> headphones on. Sometimes with her headphones off, we can hear her baby. We can hear the IE say, talking to the baby. Right. She has cameras in there so she can watch what's going on. Surveillance camera. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we, we used to have that in uh, my daughter's kindergarten. Like they would have a surveillance camera mm-hmm. in every room mm-hmm. and the hall, like everywhere except the bathroom. Yeah. So yeah, we did log on, you know, especially the first few days. All the parents were so nervous. <laughs> they were like, <laughs> is anything doing anything bad to my child? <laughs> so we were like on there all the time. And then like by the second semester, like no one watches anymore. Um, but yeah, so it, it is definitely uh, affordable mm-hmm. here in China, uh, much more affordable than mm-hmm. uh, in the US, I think, to hire a private, like, you know, in-house nanny. I think most people don't even think of it. Um, I've heard of people who did that and they like in the back in the States, a neighbor um, and sh- they did it um, like they hire someone from mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. South America. Mm-hmm. I mean, through an agency because it was like too expensive to hire someone mm. um, locally. And then, but even that is still cost to over $2,000. Mm, wow. And I think parts of it, parts of it goes to the agency, right? I think, I don't know how much the nanny ends up getting, um, but you know, it works out for most family. It's too much money. You know, right? the, the- $2,000. Inside of this article, the first article that we read is talking about the labor department. Mm. So I'm also thinking maybe the labor department doesn't know that much about what's happening with babysitting. Mm. Because oftentimes people hire like a, you know, 16, 17 year old girl or whatever who's their neighbor to come over and watch their kids while they're at work. Mm. So like I'm pretty sure that these are like, you know, informal arrangements that are that no one's paying taxes on these kinds of arrangements. Mm. And so the labor, labor department would not know how many babysitters in different neighborhoods are also participating and taking care of children across the United States. Can I just say, now that I'm a mom um, and I look back, I know that, you know, teenagers, they would babysit mm, mm. maybe they're, as their first job. <laughs> but now I'm a mom. I, I think back, I was like, who is crazy enough, <laughs> you know, to, to ask a stranger, mm. somebody you probably don't even know, a teenager who like doesn't know anything about, right, about babies, right, basically, right. to take care of your child. I mean, I babysit when I was mm. uh, in high school back in the mm-hmm. States, but I didn't know anything. I just made sure that she was like fed and safe. But it was it was a little bit scary at first because Mm. this is a strange animal. Was it 20 years back or more? Mm, mm. Babysitting will cost you $5 per hour, five or six. When I was a kid, I I got paid 10 bucks a day. I don't know. You got you got a much better deal than me. No, no. no. Yeah. Well, that's no. it's by hour, five oh, or no, six. No, no. And I'm sure now it's so much more. That's not what I was. Th- paid. That's I think maybe. Well, you should. Who who hired you? My my cousin. <laughs> she was like, watch my uh, watch my three kids. I'll give you $10 an hour. You can watch cartoons all day. I was like, OK, cool. Well, cool. <laughs> I think you were much more attracted to the watching cartoon part than the $10. That is definitely the inside pay. That's not the market price. And also you said you were watching how many kids? Three. And at one point I lost one of them. (gasps) There was a little girl. She's like four or five years old. And I think her name was Caitlin. And uh, I could 
couldn't find her. And I was like, where's, where is she? And then I realized that oh the gosh. older boy who was like eight or nine had put her in a box somewhere. And I had, oh my god, he was hiding, hiding her from me. So, oh, <laughs> horror story. So I mean, yeah, exactly. This is why you don't hire your 14, 15 year old cousin to watch your kids because like, he, I, I had no idea what I was doing. I think maybe, maybe back in the days, uh, like the society in general in the U.S. was safer. Like it was common for people to hire teenagers mm-hmm. and it was it made sense economically. Uh, but it doesn't make sense to me now mm-hmm. that I'm adult, mm-hmm. now that I'm a parent. Like I would not do that. I will quit my job and come home instead of, you know, asking a teenager. They just want to watch TV. They just want to like <laughs> listen to music. They don't want to watch babies. Yeah. Um. So but I think one the biggest difference is probably the help we get from grandparents. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I don't know how crazy this sounds, but given the situation um, for a lot of families in the States, how crazy would it be? You know, if we throw those out there for how crazy would it be to to ask grandparents to help a little bit? Think- you know, like when you were little. Right. Maybe uh, if they don't, they don't live too far apart. Yeah. Ask them for help part time because mm. I mean it's a lot of work if you ask them to take care of your child like eight hours a day. Yeah, it, it, it's a lot of dedication. I also think it probably is happening, and you know I think that it's difficult to, for us to track these trends. But like, say you live in Chicago mm. and your mom lives in Montana. Obviously, you know you're not going to send your kids home like during the day, like to mom's house. No, so you can't be doing surveillance camera thing for eight hours well, a day. Yeah, also, day, so daycare is a reality, a lot, especially for a lot of people who've migrated into urban areas or migrated far away from all their family, which is a lot of people in America. People migrate around the country a lot. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, what mm-hmm. we're looking at here is there is a problem with the way that different aspects of the U.S. economy have developed unevenly. Mm. There's another separate article called the U.S. economy has a momentum problem, mm. which is talk, talking about how there are underlying problems is that inflation has been a function of not enough supply versus too much demand. Mm. So that's just one quote from this. So you have a lot of people who have switched fields suddenly mm. or they've m- moved to remote work or they've migrated somewhere else for a cheaper rent. And so you just have a disconnect from the teachers that you want to watch your children and Mm. the availability. If you want to keep working and you can't watch your son or daughter, then increasingly difficult to find affordable options to send your son or daughter to. And it's not stable given the pandemic, right? Mm. Like if you work in this field, um, if you work for a daycare center and you might be out of a job next month if there is some... Uh, kind of a restriction and who knows how long they'll go on. I'm I'm not too sure how people have been dealing with this. Like, because if one kid gets sick, then it's very likely that those around uh, that kid would get sick. I mean, that's the case on even pre pandemic, right? Kids getting a cold and they're, it's, they're always like in and out. So it's, um, I think there's a lack of uh, instability and it's hard. It's hard work. It's hard work to start with and hard work without great pay. So I guess if people have other options, they might not choose to stay in, um, you know, in daycare.
also thinking about other solutions. You know, if parents, grandparents are too far away, what about like community childcare? Is that allowed? I'm thinking wow. of like in the neighborhood, right? If yeah. there are a couple kids in the neighborhood, they could hire or pay like someone's grandmother, someone with lots of love and lots of time, <laughs> right? To watch the kids during the day. I'm wondering if it was more than two or three kids from like more than two or three families, I'm guessing it would be the radar would be above. It wouldn't just be this informal arrangement. Hmm. You'd probably need to go through the process of getting a business license oh. and getting licensed and getting approved from certain government entities, mm. if something happened to one of those children and you were not a licensed professional mm. or you were not on the books, there could be legal consequences that people... So I think it's fine. Okay, your neighbor is cool. She's an older lady. She's like, I'm retired. I'd love to watch your kids. Mm. Probably probably you're, you're in a cool situation. Mm -hmm. But if she's watching the kids from more than two or three families, mm -hmm. then it probably... if It's a much bigger deal and actually a legal requirement for them to actually start looking into like oh so it's like a small business yeah. yeah yeah it becomes a small business exactly and also another idea is that um i remember back in the days at least like in the 80s and 90s in china there were a lot of uh, these uh workplace based childcare centers oh yeah, so, yeah yeah they have that in the us too yeah yeah it's actually a pretty cool idea right if you mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. you have enough kids for your employees and you can hire uh, professionals to on site yeah even. on site and it offers many benefits right it's um the mm -hmm. kids the parents don't have to drive their kids to a separate place to drop them off right they can just bring their kids to work and then just dump them you know <laughs> at, a, at a center with all the balloons and everything and then they go to work they know they, they have the sense of a security because they know that their their kids are nearby you can do that two ways and you can do that by building your own daycare center at your office, or you can build a relationship with a daycare center and get a discount. And, Nearby. Yeah, exactly. And then right. have them outsource your your little ones. Yeah, because I, <laughs> um, I remember when I was growing up, so my mom worked in this university. Uh, she used to teach there. And when I uh, reached kindergarten age, there was like this kindergarten right inside the university. It was probably like 10 minute, a 10 minute walk from home. So, um, according to my mom, I went for a few days and then I just refused to go. <laughs> and, then, and my grandma was there. So according to my mom, the story was like the first day I, I didn't know anything. So they dropped me off and I was okay. Um, and then the second day mm. uh, I started crying when I got, when we got closer to the kindergarten, like when we, when I saw that we were mm. getting, we we're going there. And then the third day I was like crying mm. halfway there. <laughs> and on the fourth day I was like crying when mm. we left home. So my mom was like, okay, <laughs> I didn't, I only went like sporadically because, you know, my grandma mm. was home anyway. So I don't really have a lot of yeah. memory from, and, but it was a good idea because, um, parents, they, they, felt safe. You know, they know their kids are, are, are not miles and miles away. And I also remember my, uh, my aunt, um, they, they had a, like a small daycare center mm. inside the workplace. We call it Danwei. Mm. And <laughs> this is my uncle. He was telling me it was so excruciating. The first few days were so bad for him because the daycare center was so close to his office. He could hear all the kids crying. And at least according to him, he could hear his daughter crying. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, he would be sitting in his office and feeling like somebody was torturing <laughs> my child. <laughs> 
but actually it's just you know mm. three years old and getting used to yeah, the absolutely. new environment and uh it was a very nice arrangement you know now that you think about it and it was cheap i don't think if it costed anything I actually have a really enormous amount of experience with the, the the children who are resistant to being separated from their families and going to these kind of centers. Oh. So I want to share some. So you are an expert. Yeah, I sure. am. Absolutely. I was teaching for about 12 years of my life, mostly children mm. and uh, very young children. So some kids are just like, OK, yeah, mom's leaving me here. Fine. But like, you know, about 25 <laughs> percent of kids are like really resistant to being separated from mm. mom or dad or grandma or whoever. Mm -hmm. And they will they will throw up the booyah, 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 uh, which oh. means I don't want I don't I don't want this. Mm -hmm. And so I want to just assure parents who are her children are like, no, I want mommy. And like if you're dropping We're them not off, torturing your well, not just that. But if you're dropping <laughs> them off at daycare, the number one best thing you can do is make a short. So just drop them off and leave right away immediately oh. if you linger the child thinks that there's a chance uh -huh. that you they can persuade you not to let them go there mm. it seems cruel but the actually the kindest thing you can do is just to immediately leave mm. and then oh. don't back down about bringing them there on time for the first few times that they go there mm. and after after a few days they always adapt mm. always yeah and that then it's eventually it's just like okay bye mom see you later <laughs> One of the big things for the children is they need to understand and they develop a an experience that mom is coming back later. Mm. And if they get used to that and they know mom will return or dad will return, mm -hmm. then they start trusting being there more because they know right. it's temporary. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. The best military commander is not he who fights a hundred battles and wins every one of them. The best military strategy does not lead to the desiccation of the enemy's capital city. Decoding the art of war will help you understand why there's no art in war and how Xunzi stayed undefeatable using the science of war with fun stories and insightful breakdown of famous battles. Tune in to Decoding the Art of War on Spotify. You're listening to The Bridge. Well, I want to kind of talk about declining birth rate. Declining birth rate? Yes, declining birth rate. Yeah, in China, yeah. Well, no, no, in the United States too. Same? No, I don't think the numbers are exactly the same, but both China mm. and the United States have a very similar problem. Now, I wouldn't even say it's a problem. I have a very similar uh, phenomenon, and that is that mm. people are having less children. H have people like finally f figured out that it's a lot of trouble raising kids? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sure if that's exactly it, but definitely It is exactly people, it, Jason. It's, it's too... <laughs> It's Tink. It's this actually our friend Morris, a friend of the show Morris. He's the one who introduced me to this idea mm. of Tink. T I N C. Tink two income, no children. Oh. So a lot of couples, both right, mom right, and dad, want to they want to pursue their career and they want to make money. Mm. And you know the woman in the relationship and the man in the relationship both have careers they want to pursue. They both have dreams of becoming, I don't know, mm -hmm. Bill Gates or something, whatever it is. And so they keep developing their career and it just, the time to have children never seems to come around. Mm -hmm. They end up being middle-aged. But you know, the thing about these 
families is they typically have a lot more money because they haven't been raising a child. Right. So the reason the TINK exists as an acronym is because a lot of companies are targeting these couples mm-hmm. with advertisements for like products uh, and services because they have a lot of disposable income huh. that companies see, want. See, I see the market uh, in sharp divide. <laughs> There's this section of uh, new moms and they are easy mm. targets. They are the easiest mm. targets. They don't have a lot of money, but they're willing to spend. Like anything yeah, that you yeah. say is good for the baby. And then there are this smaller population of Tink or Dinko families um, who have a lot more savings. And oh gosh, like it reminds me of how much money I have to spend, mm. <laughs> you know, for like, you know, summer camps and, and for other um, fees in general. Like literally in Chinese, we say, um, you hear the sound of water flowing mm-hmm. uh, when you spend the money, mm-hmm. you know, for your kids. It's like you spend it so fast. It's like a faucet mm-hmm. has been turned on and your money just runs out like that out of the tub. But anyhow, um, a lot of these families, though, uh, the TINC family you mentioned, um, they don't actually a lot of them don't make it through in the sense that they will have kids later on. Some of them, Some yeah. of them, yeah, because... It, it, or they'll have Yeah, one. they'll have one. Or, one is yeah. good number. Um, but the thing is, for it, it takes a lot of um, energy or mental strength to resist the natural tendencies hmm. of human nature and also of the society in general. Hmm. You know, I, I know people complain about uh, taking care of kids and all the money you have to spend, but sometimes maybe you don't hear the story from... The other side, you know, people who um, maybe regret not having kids later on in their life mm-hmm, mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. they have already passed our prime age. Mm. And also because of different kinds of pressure, because up to a point, um, you'll see that most of your friends or co-workers or people around you, they have uh, they have kids. Yeah, yeah. And that's like one way of life. And then and they don't have time to to basically hang out anymore. They'll just disappear one by one. (laughs) (laughs) And then maybe once their kids are a little older, they'll re-emerge into the society again. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it takes a lot of uh, mental energy to sustain uh, your tink status, I think. Mm. Until one day, you know, you probably finally give it up. Well, I was thinking, you know, I don't know how it is in China. I I don't know the reality, but in Mm. America, there are a lot of unadopted children, children who have not been adopted. So for some Tink families who have waited or even people with reproductive problems with either partner, Mm. the the idea of adopting appeals to a lot of them. Mm. You know, you could even skip over... The diaper era, if you want, <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> and just go straight to okay, they're they're four, they're mostly potty trained. Let's go. But let me warn you, it gets harder mm. Um, mm. when they're a little older because, like for example, my daughter is seven, mm. and in the past year, I have been exhausted in a different mm-hmm. way. Like mm-hmm. when she was little, it was all about. Uh, you know, diaper changing and training, just wiping her butt, you know, and also feeding and all these uh, bath bathing, all these physical uh, expenditure yeah. of your energy. But now in the past year, things have turned internal. You have to start thinking now. You have to start designing strategies so that she will do what you say. Mm-hmm. And she never, like, they never will, unless you think of clever ways to deal with it.
one thing I wanted to ask you is what about because you can't just always depend on your grandparents. Sometimes you do live far away or the right. situation doesn't facilitate I have not, grandma so. moving in or whatever. So you've talked about the cost of daycare now. Has the cost of daycare in China gone up? considerably I don't think over so. the years was it cheaper no. and easier so it's, it's always been a trial to go to these kind of schools or facilities i think when it comes to price it's more like what you can afford you can find yeah. different brackets cost brackets like the lowest you can apply for the public ones especially if there's one closer to you mm. like my cousin she works for mm. Tsinghua university and they have a yeah, yeah. Uh, kindergarten inside the university so from her office, it's like walking distance. Mm. And it costs uh, a little over 2,000 mm. RMB a month. 2,000, so that's what, $300 wow. uh, per month? Per month. So that's like mm. part mm. of the, mm. I'm not too sure if it's public or is it because it's, you know, it's some other arrangements uh, with Tsinghua University, but it's like about half the price mm. for normal private That's very schools. affordable. It is. And it's very nice. I mean, like Tsinghua University, right? This is like, yeah. it, this is like, you know, the kindergarten inside Princeton mm -hmm, mm -hmm, or, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Harvard, things like that. And they offer really, really good service. They also have their own so, um, K through 12. So the kindergarten oftentimes feeds for Tsinghua University schools mm. into a program where you go to first grade through like 12th grade. Mm. And it's part of like the Tsinghua University because I, I used to teach at a kindergarten in Beijing. And some of my students' parents would ask me to write letters of recommendation for the school that you're talking about. So oh. it's not it's not even just for those kids. Other kids from other schools apply mm. and have to go through like a process of being interviewed interviewed mm. they watch the children playing with the other children so they have to, to have how a, like well they play with other children a certain iq level <laughs> to get in there probably they have to have a social iq you know huh. where, are they able to play with other children well and behave themselves in an appropriate manner mm. and do their former teachers even daycare teachers mm. do they sign off as, as them like being a, a capable student which oh, is crazy I know. you're Sounds four crazy. or five years old you're already getting letters of recommendations <laughs> <laughs> and resume they sound oh this it is crazy yeah, yeah you know that's another example of uh public uh, daycare mm. but for most of us i think um in beijing so in beijing is much pricier than in other smaller cities and towns yeah, yeah. so in other smaller cities I, I bet it's like maybe half or even lower than that like um at my mm -mm -mm. daughter's hometown so her dad's hometown and last time we stayed there um, we stayed at her aunt's apartment and right downstairs is a huge kindergarten. Like we can see it from the window. We're like 20 story. Uh, we can see it from the window. It's like perfect. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's huge. It's like, um, it's got nice playing field and all the toys yeah. and it costs like a hundred dollars a month, a <laughs> hundred dollars a month, or maybe even less than that somewhere around there. Wow. And they have like free lunch and extra milk and all this like government stipend because they want mm. their, you know, kids to be stronger. I'm like, this is like, you know, much nicer than what we pay for 4,000 RMB a month in Beijing. Yeah, but too bad. It's just, you know, we, we don't, we can't, we don't live there and we don't want to live there. So well, yeah, for some of these schools, you have to have a certain mm. address in order to be able to go to certain schools. I think that's the same in the United States. Uh, you have to yeah. live in a certain, within mm. a certain area in order to qualify to go to some public schools. Yeah, public schools, uh, that's for sure. I mean, you wouldn't want to travel a long way to, you know, drop off your son and daughter. Mm, mm, More mm, thinking mm, about 
you know, salute the solution part because in the U.S., I think it's it's a bigger problem. Yeah. Because you don't have the tradition of、uh, family help out. I mean, when it, I really want to want to say that when it comes to raising kids, it shouldn't just be the work of the parents. Yeah. It is a lot of stress. Like I、um, raise my daughter basically. Uh, just my husband and I, and、um, a lot of the day to day thing, I have to take care take care of it. And I also work on the side; I do my own thing.、Mm. And it's been such a struggle; like it's it's so、uh, tiring. And sometimes you feel like you can't do either well enough because、mm. you just don't have enough time and energy. And it, it's it would be so much more helpful if someone just can just come over to help <laughs> for like two hours a day, maybe, so that you can take a breather, right? You can stay、mm. sane. You don't yell at your kids <laughs> as much because you get、yeah. you get to take a break. And honestly, like you'll be a much、mm. nicer mom if there's someone,、um, you know, able to help you. Like in my neighborhood, I think the. The most peaceful family, or I think, well, looking from outside,、um, or let's say the family that I'm most jealous <laughs> of, <laughs> one of my neighbors,、um, and the, their boy is the same age、mm-hmm. as my daughter, and the grandparents from the mom's side has been there ever since、wow. he was born. And sometimes the, the grandma would bring over plates of dumplings、wow. and steamed buns and you know other、uh, freshly made、uh, breakfast or dinner items, and I would be like in tears. I'm like,、oh, I barely struggle to you know make <laughs> a barely edible lunch, and you and you guys have like dumplings for breakfast, freshly made. We have like frozen ones that's been in the fridge for like a year, <laughs> so it's just they their life looks so much more balanced, you know. The grandpa is always like mopping the floor. You've definitely convinced me. <sighs> so if I have a child, I need to get my summer's mom. You know, summer, my wife. Yeah. Oh, summer's mom's moving in because I need dumplings for breakfast. Oh, she will. <laughs> she will save your life, Jason.、Yeah. I mean, we all love our kids, but doing something for twenty four hours a day. Is、yeah. a different story from、mm. doing it for like two or eight. It's just it's very very taxing.、Mm. And sometimes I um you know I I want help so that I can be a nicer mom.、Mm. And you know I tell my daughter at nine or closer to ten at night. I'm like okay ten o'clock now. You know you know what mom is gonna be like after ten. <laughs> I'll turn into a monster <laughs> because I'm <laughs> I'm already burned out from from the day. So you know、uh, families in the states if you can get help from a reliable either relative. Relative or adult, someone from the neighborhood,、yeah. adult, adult, no teenagers, no offense, yeah, yeah. but、um, yeah, don't hesitate to ask for help because I think maybe、um, people never thought about this as an option,、mm-hmm. right? Never thought about asking your mom to to move in or to move a little closer.、Mm-hmm. But if you just switch your mindset a little bit, you know, widen your comfort zone a little bit,、mm-hmm. it will help you a lot. Yeah,、um, but there will be things that you need to adapt to, like. When more people live together, there will be more conflicts,、mm-hmm. right? And you hear plenty of stories about、uh, families not getting along, and they fight over childcare issues. But it's part of the、mm-hmm. deal, right?、Um, and if you can process all that as adults, life will go on、mm-hmm. instead of. You know, if you have to quit your job or other options, just a lot of times I think in life you just pick the least worst option. <laughs> so.
one more question, if you could elaborate on it, because this is a very sure. this is a very Chinese cultural question. So I I really don't know. Mm. There is a term us Lawai use in English. We where we sometimes talk about children who have their mom and dad and their grandparents on both sides doting on them. Mm. We call them the little emperor. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if you know what we're talking about. What do you think about how that being a single child mm. with lots and lots of uh, adults doting on you? How do, what is, how does that affect the child? Yeah, you can see the difference between my daughter and my cousin's daughter. My cousin's daughter, uh, so mm. she has both her parents, uh, parents and grandparents mm-hmm. are literally surrounding her day in and day out. Mm. And uh, she seems a lot more pampered, I have to say. <laughs> and, um, and she knows who uh, is the quote unquote weakest one. Like if she wants something uh. um, or if she feels like she's hurt or she needs to be mm. pampered, um, she goes to the mm. grandpa and her mom is like, don't come here. <laughs> she knows. She knows her mom doesn't. It's not as lenient at all. Mm. It's always the the grandpa. Um, but the thing is, there. I think you see changes between the generations. Like my generation. Um, you know, I was brought up by my grandmother. Um, and you know, I, I think she totally doted on me too. But mm. I won't say pampering. Maybe a little bit. Mm. But my generation as parents is different. You know, we call it the '80s generation. Mm. We don't pamper our kids all that much. Is like we we are like a lot more stern because growing up we have a much stronger sense of uh, ourselves. And put it another way, we're a lot more selfish than <laughs> my parents' generation <laughs> and my grandparents generation so i don't think we are taking care of our kids by ourselves we don't really pamper the like we don't really pamper our daughter but if it's um older people yeah they, we're they gonna do. have to come back around to some of these ideas in another episode okay. so listen in to our sure. next episode for more insights and be part of bridging east and west thank you so much for your time baby hey thank you jason well see you guys next time bye oh yeah oh yeah